Hello, my name is PJ Alex, and this is HR Paper Stacks, and we are your hosts for the next arbitrary block of time. Our goal is to entertain, enlighten, and examine all things dope. Each week, we're bringing you breakdowns of the hottest new music, commentary on the newest media from around the web, and the latest news from the world of tech. This is Virtual Dopeness. Okay, normally right now we would start in our music segment, but before we get into today's review of Big Sean's Dark Sky Paradise, because this is episode one, we wanted to tell you a little bit about ourselves. Um, I'll go first. Hi, my name is PJ Alex. Twitter handle's the same. I'm a tech nerd who loves music and TV and media in all forms. I have a degree in computer science and I currently work as a consultant for the last six years for a Fortune 15 company. I hope to share some of my expertise with you and my love of music. I love many different music genres, mainly hip hop, but also rock, pop, EDM, you name it, with the exception of country, <laughs> but I'm still coming around. These are the things that I love in my musical life, that and festivals. So now I'm going to go ahead, throw it over to HR Paperstacks and introduce himself. Yo, what up? It's HR Paperstacks, a.k.a. Horse Choker, a.k.a. the Pillsbury Doughboy, a.k.a. Lewis Rich, a.k.a. Mr. Hell Know-It-All. What's good, y'all? And, and now that we're getting sued by Big Ghost four seconds in, man, please, he'll be please all right. go on. He'll be all right. A uh, little bit about myself. I graduated with a CS degree. Um, currently a designer for a major video game company. Been in the industry about six years. And uh, I've been a fan of hip hop since forever. And so uh, just really excited to, you know, get out of here and get into this music, bruh. You know, you're right. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and, and uh, do our thing. This is this is us talking about Big Sean's Dark Sky Paradise. And um, I think we've had high expectations for Big Sean for a while. And this Definitely. is finally getting there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's um, what's up. So how do you feel like, like, okay, personally, I'm going to talk about me and Big Sean mm -hmm. just off rip. Like Big Sean has been, he's been on my radar. He's been on everybody's radar. I've liked his stuff. Um, we can even go to the fact, like we can go back to, to my last, we can go back to Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay was my joint for like an entire summer. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's been like there but I've always felt like he's ha he's able to rap more, and I think this this is this is him getting there. So um, yeah, yeah. man. I, I don't know. I've been I've been rocking with Big Sean since he showed up on um, Kanye West mixtape uh, right before. Oh my god, it was it was right before graduation. I think it was. Um, fuck. <laughs> it's it's out there. He's been around, like, he's been one of those people who's been around for a minute. I mean, he makes a lot of references to that on the album. But, right. Um, he's been been there for a while. I don't feel like his first album did, was that great. But he definitely stepped it up. So, yeah. All right. So, so Dark Sky Paradise, um, definitely a very personal album. Definitely a very... Uh, kind of his version of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I can see that. 
I could also see it as like his version of Good Kid, Mad City, personally, Hmm. where he's telling his personal story about coming up. He's always been a very personal, I'm going to talk about myself artist. Right. I think this takes it in a whole nother whole nother direction. So interesting that it's his fourth album before he decides to do that. That's true. That's true. A lot of people will start off with with an album and uh, with that album, like Good Kid, Mad City, that that where I'm coming from album. Right. Um so but I'm glad I'm glad he finally did it. Like uh this is definitely his his best body of work to date. Uh not just because of his uh performance lyrically cuz his performance lyrically is by far his his best exhibition. But um like you said telling telling his story where he came from. His his dad makes a couple of cameos on uh, on the album. I thought that was interesting kind of dropping his little words to the wise that's dope i mean and that's actually something i picked up on too if i don't know what it is i don't know if it was drake but it was done definitely before drake where mothers grandmothers fathers are making more um more appearances on albums because i mean they are the people that influence us the most like they're the people that raised us they're a big reason of why we are who we are so well, that was Drake's uh, grandmother on Take Care. Mm-hmm. Um, Chance had his dad on Acid Rap. Um, right. So it's just like those are the people that you hear a lot. So um, overall, what do you think of the album? Like I just like overall, sonically, overall, lyrically, what do you think? I mean, overall, it's definitely Big Sean's best album. Now, if you ask a lot of non-Big Sean fans, they'd be saying, that's not a very high bar to clear. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people aren't really fucking with Big Sean like that. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think what's most uh, apparent in, in terms of listening to this album is his new flow. Uh, Big Sean's always been a guy that has a very distinctive flow. And he might have a tendency to kind of run it into the ground a little bit, like uh, in terms of repetitiveness. Uh, this one that he's got on, on this album is definitely unique and to me makes him stand out in terms of an actual like artist who understands music and rhythms and doing stuff that's like unconventional. Um, because a lot of times it might sound off of the beat, but really it's just in a... It's, it's using a time pl- a complex time signature rather than your regular, like, uh, four-count time. Um, this one is kind of more of, like, either – some on, on Blessings, it sounds like he's, like, in 5-4 or something. But it's just – it's it's different. You know, say this it's hard to describe. It's just different. Um, but he uses it all throughout this, this album, and it's definitely an acquired taste. Me, personally, I love it. I don't know how you felt about it. I felt I felt good about it. Um, I didn't break it down to that point. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just noticed, but you do notice, like he does change his flow, which is something you're not used to. Like yeah. you're used to Sean being in a same time, same flow, same rhythm in all his just about all his songs. So when he changes it, it's a big stark difference, and it's kind of funny that his voice lends itself to rapping slower. Mm-hmm. And because when he has to push himself and rap faster, it causes you to listen more and keep up, but right. still is very clear. Uh, another thing he did in this album that I noticed, he 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 got away from the really really silly ad libs. 
that he's known for, mm-hmm. which is, I, I mean, he doesn't do the the finally boy. finally famous, the boy, the, the, <laughs> all that, yeah, that you're used to hearing from him. You don't get it as much in this album, and, and I think that lends itself to making people take him more seriously. Um, and, he definitely and, has a couple of those like throwaway oh, metaphors, though. Oh, like those like corny, those like corny bars. Yes, he does. Um, the, when your stars align, you do like the solar system and plan it out. Like I kind of get where you're going with that, bro. But come on, man, you could do better than that. Thank you. You are you're 100 right. You're 100 right. He he even has one in one of the bonus tracks that I I I have to go back and find exactly what it was. But nah, nah, I be fucking with these bitches like they hypoallergenic. It it didn't make sense at all. Like I meant to go back and find it, but um. So what were your highlights of the album? Cause like, okay, I'm gonna go with a couple of mine. Um, we'll get to Paradise in a second. <laughs> okay, cause like I feel like that's like numero uno. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like Paradise is definitely. Wait, we're gonna get to Paradise in a second. Okay. But okay. So I gotta pick something not Paradise. Pick something not Paradise. Like I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna put this out there. Um, two points where they do the really cool layering of vocals thing. Uh-huh. Either going back and forth, like at the end of um, All Your Fault with Kanye West, where it's, you saw Kanye do this with Jay, you saw Kanye do this with someone else too, I can't take it off the top of my head, but Kanye did this with Jay on Watch the Throne, where it's just back and forth, bar for bar, and uh-huh. and it's like, I, I spit a bar, you spit a bar, and it just goes back and forth. I love the way that sounds, mm-hmm. and it's really dope, and then he does it again toward the end of I Know with Janae, where they're both singing, where his raspy voice and singing, which I don't think he needs to sing that much, but Drake <laughs> done, done made it okay for everybody right. to sing. Once Eminem sang, it was a rap for, for, for rap. Everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, him and Janae are singing with her voice kind of playing in the back and his in the heavy uh, overtone toward the end of it. And I know, and it's mm-hmm. really dope. So that was something that was really cool for me. So I think I think my highlights, um, definitely blessings. That's probably not going to be a surprise to anybody who's actually listened to the project or anybody who's like paid attention to any of the singles or whatever that's dropped. In my opinion, that's like one of the best singles um, on the album. But um, one one of the ones that was really interesting for me was uh, Research, the uh, the bonus track with Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. As we all know. Ariana Grande, Big Sean, they're they're you know an item so to speak, uh, but the content of the song is talking about Sean being unfaithful, or rather, Sean perhaps being unfaithful and the girls being really, um, I don't want to call it stalkery, but you know like <laughs> trying to trying to trying to find something that may or may not be there. Um, I feel like that's kind of a subliminal to to Miss Rivera. Um, and it's also I just thought it was very interesting that he had his current girl on that on that particular song of all songs that she could have been on that's real but I also think he speaking on that point I think he takes a lot of time in the album to address her and you can tell that he wrote this kind of across time Mm -hmm. where um, it was it was when he was with her with with um Oh God, um, Naya Rivera, and not yeah. with Naya Rivera. Like right. it, it was like it was like through the relationship and then through the breakup, because right. like in, and I said we were going to get back to Paradise in a second, but in Paradise he has a line, "Pretty young girl who looked like Janet on me," 
Ariana don't look not nothing like Janet. So right. yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's not gonna be her. So there's definitely stuff that you can tell was made while they were together, after. But I'm not getting into the whole. Um, interestingly enough, well before before we get off of that, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, I don't fuck with you was actually written while they were together, mm. and then and then it wasn't until afterwards that you know Sean came in and changed a couple bars to kind of speak on that situation. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't, <laughs> you got to do something. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, what did you, th- what do you think about the, the features on the album? Cause like we have, let's see, we have Drake, we have yay. We have E40. We have Chris Brown. We have Janae. We have Wayne. We have party next door. That's a bonus track though. We have John legend. We yeah. have yay again. Um, we have Ariana Grande. Once again, a bonus track. Um, how did how did you feel about them? To be honest, I p- kind of preferred the songs that, well, with the exception of with the exception of blessings and I don't fuck with you because you know those are singles and if I don't know if I like them or I've just like heard them so much that they're just part of, you know, they just sound good to me because you listen to anything enough and they probably sound good to you. <laughs> um, honestly, I kind of preferred uh, Sean by himself rather than Sean with somebody else. Mm, interesting. Um, to me, I kind of feel like. Um, Deep Deep was cool. I, I guess I, I like Deep, but I kind of liked Sean's part in the chorus more so than Wayne's verse. Honestly, Wayne's verse is kind of throwaway for me. Like it's kind of un unremarkable, unmemorable in that sense. One man can change the world is kind of that. It's kind of that uplifting, like positivity. Mm-hmm. But this, like sonically, I just didn't mess with it. To me, it sounded kind of kind of corny. Uh, Okay, well, this is where we're going to disagree. And, and and I think that the features made sense. Like, I, I thought that they added to the album. Like, mm-hmm. Drake's feature on Blessings, of course, but that's kind of like he put that out there and that's going to be a, a – that was the buzz record. That's the one that they put out first to kind of show the potential of what was going to happen on the album. So Blessings was out there. All Your Fault, I like I said, I enjoyed when, uh, Kanye. Kanye. Um, yeah. E-40 – E forty is a polarizing person. I've come <laughs> to figure out. People either hate or love E forty, and mm-hmm. I I personally like E forty, so I, I thought it worked out well. Um, Chris Brown song I didn't really mess with. I, I think that's going to be another single eventually, like down the road. And right. I'm, it just seems like they're forcing it again because it's not my last, and that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I know it was perfect. Janae can whisper to me in my ear, <laughs> whisper sing to my ear all damn night. I I don't care. That's my my future ex wife. I don't know. Um, ever since, ever since uh, Janae's verse on Post V, like she could say anything, and I'm gonna fuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and then here's the thing: I have one big critique of One Man Change the World. Okay. One, more, one man can change the world. Yay, big song. Why the hell are you singing when you have John Legend available? Like bro, everybody wants to be a crooner now. Yeah, but. When you have John Legend featured on a track, shut the hell up. <laughs> like <laughs> John Legend is amazing. The man just won a Grammy and everything. Like he, <laughs> the man like, just won an Oscar. <laughs> Oscar. That's what I mean. He has Grammys. He just won an Oscar. Let the man do what the man does. Like I hear that. I there's hear that. no reason for you to be singing on the track. And deep. I say this one for last because Wayne's verse. He does. I don't know if he's biting it, but (laughs) 
I, I remember back to uh, Childish Gambino on Sway. Um, okay. He does a freestyle, and in the end of the freestyle, he goes into um, it's deeper than rap and repeats it again, it's deeper than rap. Wayne does the exact same thing on yeah. in there, and it's the first thing that I thought of. I didn't know if he was calling back. I didn't know if he was biting it because it was such a good freestyle. Like, it's not something that it was little and nobody knows about. Like, the video on YouTube has, like, Five million views, and hmm. that's big. That's big for a Gambino uh, video. It really no is. Shit. Yeah, no like shit. it has five million views. The I know the sound. They had a SoundCloud download link for a while that you could just download just the audio from it. Uh huh. So it's not. It, it's very likely that he heard it. If because Wayne's, I mean, we know Wayne's a music connoisseur. Like he brings us the stuff all the time. Right. So, um, I I don't think I don't think he was biting though. I feel like that was definitely him referencing an event rather than like biting from an event because like you said it's too it's too well known for you to just steal and think you're gonna get away with it that's real i mean wayne and granted wayne and gambino fans can be not mutually exclusive but not exactly or you're gonna find them in the same place right yeah that's (laughs) real time so interesting to me but okay let's talk about paradise we we put this off (laughs) Paradise, he Sean has his blackout moment. Yes, point blank and period. He has his blackout moment. Like everybody says, somebody be, like Drake blacked out on this. Uh, Yay blacked out on this. Um, Jay blacked out a number of times. Sean snapped. Sean like, snapped like quite literally. He, and it's it's a it's funny because I was. We were listening, it, me and my girl was listening to the album in the car the other day, and I'm like, yo, you gotta hear, you gotta hear this song, Paradise. She plays it, and I think the intro is probably like 20 seconds long, right? Something like that. And she's like, presses pause, and I'm like, yo, what are you doing? And she's like, Mike Will made it, is, is saving the song for me right now, because Sean is just like, he's not doing anything. And I'm like, babe, the song hasn't even started yet. And she's like, well, it, something needs to happen really soon. And then she pressed play again. <laughs> Sean spits one bar. And she paused it again. And she was like, there it is. Finally. <laughs> like, Big Sean has finally reached his potential that we've all been waiting for him to do since his inception. Okay. And and, and that's 100% true. Like, the man, like, he, he lost his whole mind during his verse. And... I mean, you can't take that away from him. Mm-hmm. This is something you can't overlook. When you go back, you think about like Kendrick on OD, the end yeah. the, the, when he just went nuts. You talk about Kendrick on, and I'm I'm, I'm bringing a lot of Kendrick references, but Kendrick at the end of um, the game song that he killed, he marks game on. Um, mm-hmm. it, it you there's certain things that you can't take away from away from people and that's one of them yeah so not to, not to mention this is the showcase for that unique flow that i was talking about mm-hmm. and it, especially that second verse where mm-hmm. the beat drops out and he's like yo fuck your dayless fuck your nightless fuck your playlist <laughs> i'm from the d man fuck your waitlist and then the beat comes back i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes nuts and yeah. 
and you just it's 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 so freaking dope. So bananas. I'm I'm with that. Now another thing, this is just random, and you know how okay, y'all will get to know me and the fact that my brain works in random ways. Big Sean makes a lot of a lot of references to email. I don't know if, if anybody else picked up on this. Hmm. He makes cause like um uh million dollar emails in my inbox, you mad you ain't CC'd. That was him. Um, $100 bill, photocopy the email and copy. Man, uh, I'm going hard all season. Another reference. And then there's another song where he references girls in his email. I believe that's on the song with Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. Interesting to me. I don't know why this man has a session with email, but. (laughs) I mean, he's he's, he's our age, right? Or actually, he's a little bit younger than that. He's Mm -hmm. like the, the new generation of rappers who. Like they grew up and they don't know a time that doesn't involve email or Facebook or you know Twitter, and so I I think it's like it's expected, it's natural that you would hear more references to technology because that's kind of the the era that they were raised in versus you know a Kanye or Jay Z who came up just a little bit before that. Very true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. Any down, any low points in the album to you? Uh, I don't know. Play no game seems to be kind of skippable. Um, I know a lot of people like win some, lose some. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, that was kind of a skippable track to me. And then honestly, I was I was a little bit let down by one man can change the world, but that's just me sonically. It just sounded corny to me. I didn't really care for the whole we are the world or you know man in the mirror. Like I don't know. Well, I, I could, uh... I, I kind of I like that track because it provides contrast to the album to me because it's a very dark sounding album and it makes yeah. sense. I mean, it's called Dark Sky Paradise. Yep. I feel like the Paradise part came out in One Man Can Change the World and the outro. With that being said, I think the outro is is I don't want to say trash, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's here's the second point where we're gonna disagree because. Me personally, I really liked outro. To me, outro has this vibe of I don't know who produced it. It sounded like a, a yay produced track, but it's kind of got like a a playful kind of soul sample. Mm-hmm. And he just he just kind of rides the beat very well, like he's been known to do. Um, I don't know. It wasn't. It's not like an amazing like. Here I'm gonna put my exclamation point on this album, but it definitely didn't detract from it. That's real. I can understand that. I can understand. Yeah. That. I, I just don't think it was it was that great. Maybe I'll listen to it again and, and like it. Maybe I'll like it in, in in a couple more listens. Right. Um, those are the only two like down points to me. Um, and yeah. I'm starting to get tired. Like honestly, when radio goes nuts with something, um, I don't f with you is is starting to get on my nerves. But it really is like the breakup hurt anthem right now. And you can tell <laughs> how when you in a party or in a club or something. And you can see people, and that song comes on. Mm-hmm. You can tell the people who are singing the hardest still ain't let go of their ex yet. <laughs> so, like, you can tell it's the Who Hurt You anthem. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's still, nonetheless, it, it's actually a pretty dope song. And I meant to make this point. The video for I Don't F With You mm. is one of the best videos to come out in a while. Because it's like... It's storytelling. It, it reminds me of the, the the '90s videos where you had budgets and you had you could you could do some stuff. Like everybody's in that video. Uh, Simone Shepard from Vine, Yay, 
Mustard playing a running back, which is hilarious to me, but I'm but I'm a big <laughs> dude and I always want to play running back too. That's every so, big man's dream. <laughs> exactly. And uh Sean playing quarterback, but it has a storyline, like it's dope. Like it's I, fun. I, I, I mess, it's a it's fun, a fun exactly. It's a fun video. And, and I think that helps. Music needs that. So You hear oh, that music and, industry, make more music videos. Exactly. We'll enjoy them. That helps push your brand, helps push your music. Um, yeah. Also, Platinum and Wood, um, the first two lines of Platinum and Wood come from a, another song that was big in Detroit that I know people from Detroit actually hold near and dear to them. Um, mm-hmm. Ride with a nigga, roll, roll with a nigga. Like, it's called, it's, it calls back to that, and I know people who are from Detroit, because I have some good friends from Detroit. They told me about that song way before I even heard this album, and I could reference that, and it's came to my mind. I don't R. know how many people know R.I.P. Blade Icewood. Exactly. So, but, um, so I think we both, we agree, we have some differing points on the album, but I think we both agree this is a very, very solid album. I wouldn't call it a classic because I believe that term gets, gets tossed around way too much. Everybody want to um, call everything a classic. Exactly. If it, if it does any type of numbers, but I, I believe this is, this is something. This is really Sean's dope. best album though. I won't call it a classic, Definitely. but it's Sean's best album. Definitely, and it's it's worth picking up. So, yeah, for sure. But um, I think that's gonna do it for our uh, music segment, and we'll see y'all in a minute. In uh, tech After this and break, media. gotta pay some bills. We would like to take this moment to thank our sponsor, Bourbon, because it got me through this episode. Bourbon, enjoy responsibly. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, this is our media section, and we are going to talk about something really cool that happened in media fandom this week. We had a Power, more Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan film made, kind of in the the tone of a, a grittier nature. Um, this yep. is uh, directed by Jason Kahn, starring mm-hmm. and with a writing credit from James Vanderbeek, and also a main character being uh, Katie Sackhoff. Basically, this new Power Rangers is set far in the future. Um, Far, far older Power Rangers and kind of post-apocalyptic world where the machines have taken over but also negotiated a treaty with the humans but still kind of run things. And they are now hunting down the last of the Power Rangers who have all been doing their own thing post being Power Rangers mm-hmm. and looking for the renegade, the Green Ranger, Tommy. Yep. yep. So this I, was definitely like uh, Power Rangers meets Mortal Kombat, if you will. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, lots I, of blood, lots of gore, lots of awesome action. Oh yeah, it's definitely a step away from the kitty version. This is not something to show your kids. There's there's <laughs> explicit language. There's blood. There's <laughs> everything. Drugs. Drugs. Yeah. Couple porn. Couple well. porn stars made an uh an appearance. <laughs> exactly. And and um, but it's definitely something. And there was also controversy around it. Um, Saban, who owns the Power Ranger franchise, that's still going to this day. Um, was not happy 
they wanted to make sure that they that it was known that this was not something they sanctioned. This was something that Jason Khan did on his own. Um, and Jason Khan apparently has also done his own thing, call, calling it the bootleg versions, but mm-hmm. of certain movies to kind of like bring them into the bring them into a grittier, more adult themed uh, fashion from stuff. I, I would tend to think he's around the age that that I am or a little bit, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger than me and and uh, HR paper stacks over here. And um, <laughs> we are and, and but it definitely feels like the franchise grew up with us, which is something I've always wanted to see, which is kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely our Power Rangers. It was like the original in terms of the storyline. It's like the original uh, members, not like mm-hmm. the the newer Dino Force or whatever else. Volume Ninja. 13 Power Rangers they had. This is your original Power Rangers, Zack and Jason and Trini, Kimberly, and Kimberly, yep, Billy, yep, and um, so and and I find it funny that he stayed really true to what their characters were, um, mm-hmm. and it, it especially since and and this is something I got from the original show is they never really had a deep storyline with Trini and she doesn't get a deep storyline in this one. <laughs> Not at all. No, she was like just... the one person that like basically like didn't say anything. She was seen and not heard. Exactly. And, and seen in the in the idea of like a photograph. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we're trying not not trying to spoil anything. Um, it it goes back to the original villain of Rita. Um, she's actually the original and and uh, HR. You 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 paint you pointed this out that it's actually the same actress. Yeah, she's the, the only that played one. Rita in the original series is actually the the same one that plays Rita in this uh, fan film. Exactly, and um. Jason Vanderbeek kind of plays like a guy who was a was at some point a ranger. Now I wasn't sure exactly like what his name was to say that I recognized it from any of the franchises of so, Power Rangers. It, IMDb actually listed him as Rocky, so um, oh. I would say that's he's Rocky DeSantos, who would be the second Red Ranger after that's right. Jason. You're right. That that makes perfect sense. And so, yeah. but none of the original actors or actresses that played are in this. Um, even though, even though I'm sure they could have got Walter Jones because you know he ain't doing nothing. He ain't doing a damn thing. <laughs> Actually, I don't think any of them really doing that much. Like Amy Jo Johnson, who was the original Pink Ranger, and my original, <laughs> my my original white girl crush. Like I, I, first white girl I ever had a crush on was Amy Jo Johnson, but she um she's not in it. Uh, Jason David Frank, who is original Green Ranger, um, isn't in it. He actually, and he was the only Power Ranger like that continued throughout the series mm-hmm. to stay in. Like he just keep kept pop. He's made a career out of being the Green or White Ranger, <laughs> Green or White, Green or White. Like, and I, <laughs> he may have deviated from that in in the, the later series. <laughs> like he he has been there and is still actually working with them to be part of the the official sanctioned Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie that is coming up um, that they've, they've hinted toward. But, but the thing is, it's not going to be as dope. It's, it just won't be as dope as, as this movie because it's not going to be rated R. And now that we've seen, like, the types of stuff that we could get if we went to, like, a, just a fully adult-themed Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like, everything else is going to be 
It's, it's probably going to be like Transformers. Yeah. Where you'll get like awesome special effects and some decent action, but nothing ever like wow because the story can't go but so deep. Right. You're not going to get the Dark Knight version. This is the, basically the Dark Knight version of Batman. That's it's a very not, good way to put it. It's the Dark Knight version of uh, Power Rangers. Like, mm-hmm. like Dark Knight was had the creepy, scary elements. Well, this is where this film goes. But the new Power Rangers movie, it's still, because it's still going on. Like, this is one of the miracles of television. Like, the Power Rangers franchise still comes on Nickelodeon or, is it Nick or Disney? I can't remember, but it still goes on now. I think it's Nickelodeon. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's still coming on. Mm-hmm. They're still making toys. They're still making money. Right. Hand over fist. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it, it won't happen, but this is definitely really cool. Like, I've watched this a number of times and enjoyed it each time. Yeah. And, like, a couple things that I noticed, like, they incorporated the real lives of the, the Power Rangers. So, like, um, David Yost, who plays the, the Blue Ranger, said he left the show. This was just in an interview, like, maybe two or th- maybe two years ago, maybe a year ago. <laughs> he left the show because there was a lot of, like, homophobic stuff going on on set. Hmm. Um and he that was one of the big reasons for him leaving besides the fact that he kind of feel like he grew out of it um and grew out of the part um but he in the in this film he played he is shown as like a champion of gay gay rights and um actually i found it funny that and i i figured this out after like after i watched it and started doing some research in it if you look in the background of the scene that deals with the blue ranger Mm-hmm. It shows him on the cover of a magazine with his boyfriend. Yeah, I noticed the, that. Yeah, the boyfriend is actually the director of the movie. Ah, okay. That's Jason Kahn. So well, now you know. He's Yeah, so that's Jason Kahn. And um so like it, that was right. a Tarantino moment <laughs> or or Spike moment cuz Spike does that too. Spike's in all his movies at some point or Tarantino's Tarantino, in definitely. all his movies at some point. So yeah, so um, it's definitely cool, but they kind of involved the lives of the, of the Rangers in into what was going on in the actual movie. Was that was, really was cool. that doing like, drugs and stuff? Okay, I don't I don't think so. They said now I did read an interview where they said there was a house Party that house. was um, Jason David Frank and the guy who plays um the original Red Ranger. Jason David Frank, who's the Green Ranger and the Black Ranger, mm-hmm. all had a, like a house together, and yeah. they said it was like just a party house. Like <laughs> they said it was basically like where everybody went, and a bunch of like stunt people and dancers and choreographers would all hang out at the house. And of course, hookups happened. Of course, and but that was yeah. But they all lived in this house together, and it was like the real world <laughs> on steroids, where. <laughs> Everybody was like a choreographer, a dancer, so of course they're all in like amazing mm-hmm. shape and attractive people linked up to each other. So that was really that was part of the other interview. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think Zach was okay <laughs> on drugs. But I will say that I really enjoyed the portray, portrayal of the Black Ranger because growing up in a this is a little bit about me, but growing up in an area where I was nine times out of ten yep. the only black kid. I had to keep doing all those damn dance moves before I, I like did karate. And 
I was I was damn sick of it. And but <laughs> so to see the like action great yeah. version of that, it was pretty awesome. And and I was like, oh okay. So he I'm was he was by far movie. like the coolest <laughs> of the of the Power Rangers in the yeah. in the film. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, like the Green Ranger was that gritty savior. Um, he was he he he's the savior. He's he's the guy that that he's still the holds the. He's the Neo of the, the Matrix. Power Rangers. <laughs> Pretty much. And he he yeah. was that in the show too a lot of times because who did they call when things went a little the too Green far Ranger. and they needed help? The Green Ranger, like yeah, he would come up with that little <laughs> flute knife thing and and I also go think it was interesting <laughs> that the end scene was a sword fight and um, recently in the news, you know, you had that uh, it wasn't it wasn't any of the Power Rangers that were involved in this particular um, film. But one of the guys that played the Power Rangers, um, played the Red Ranger in, I think it was like Dino Force or something like that, he uh, he stabbed his roommate with a, a sword that he kept under his bed. Oh. <laughs> so I just thought that I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> now, okay, this this is going to end with a sword fight, <laughs> and you know, power, you search Power Rangers and swords, <laughs> and that might not be the first thing that pops up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> That's all the way real. So, and they actually definitely had another yeah. emphasis on guns in this one. I don't feel like there was as many guns um, in the original series as there was well, like it, in this. In one. the original one, did they it even have guns? Like, they had like little like phasers or something. It was like, but, like did it shoot gun. bullets or did it shoot like phases of light? It it's, <laughs> it shot phases of light, but we're gonna go ahead. The, the the axe that the, the oh, Black okay. Ranger had turned into a gun, <laughs> and that says something. Got like the chopper thing. But the one thing I do, the one thing I do have an issue with, um, they they show Bulk and Skull, and Bulk so isn't I as missed big that as he part. needs to be. I must have missed like, that part twice because call... I looked for them, and I don't remember what's. Oh, well, was that like at the very beginning? Oh, okay. yeah, with the red when they have a they have a. Uh, I don't know if I want to. It's a spoiler, so let me not let me not deep into that. But they show them as briefly. Yeah. They show them briefly, and you can see him, and you're like, "That's okay. not bulk, though." And I'm pretty sure he's not doing much either. What he he did stuff though, like the original actor from Bulk did. When he and um, he was in some football movie. I it wasn't Friday Night Lights. It not for, it wasn't Remember Friday Night Lights, and it wasn't um. Remember the Titans. Huh? It may have been Remember the Titans, but it may have also been um, ah. Varsity, uh, Varsity Blues. So, I don't know. But I, I just think um, it, it, he wasn't that big. I, gotta, I expected him to bulk be gotta bigger. Be big, like, bulk was bulk. Bulk got to be big. Skull can be skinny, skinny dude. Bulk can, I mean, Skull can be anybody, <laughs> but nah, bulk has got to be big. Um,. Also, with the movie, there was a response from Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger. Um, he was, he apparently was approached mm-hmm. to do this movie, uh, and he decided not to do it off the strength of he wanted to preserve this being a kids franchise and not cross the two. Like if this was going to exist, it was going to exist on its own, and he wanted to only be part of the kids franchise. I can, which I can respect I can. that. I, it, it, I don't know. Part of me, part of me 
wants to say like he thinks that the the strength of this franchise is is much higher than it than it is. Um, Power Rangers has always been like something that kids have loved, but like when you actually look at it, it's like really really low budget. Um, and so I don't know what the likelihood is of a real Power Rangers movie being made. Um, this is probably like, if it does get made, they should all thank um, this film because this is what's gonna like bring it back to uh, relevancy and to where people will actually like, want mm-hmm. it. Because if it if you draft a Power Ranger movie right now, like I don't know too many people that's gonna go see it. I'll tell you. I understand that, yeah. and I 100% agree. <laughs> Make sure y'all check that right. out on so, Vimeo and YouTube oh. if you haven't Vimeo for the, the non-safe for work version. In my opinion, the version that you need to see, and then the YouTube version if uh, you prefer your yep. gritty a little cleaner. Well, some other countries try to control the Internet. The action that we take today is an irrefutable reflection of the principle that no one, whether government or corporate, should control a free and open access to the Internet. That was FCC Chairman Tom Wheeler giving his reaction to the vote last uh, Thursday from when we're recording on net neutrality. So, HR... What's really going on and uh, what happened with this whole net neutrality debate? Yeah, so uh, the FCC voted this past uh, Thursday to formally enact the policies it had uh, set forth a few weeks prior um, that reclassifies broadband internet access as a um, telecommunications service rather than an information service. And what all of that stuff uh, really means Please is let that me know. <laughs> ISPs, um, no, what that really means is that we won back the internet. Uh, hey. in, in a nutshell. Turn up. <laughs> 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 um, what that means for, for uh, laymen is that ISPs or um, internet service providers are unable to um, ban certain websites. Um, they're unable to uh, throttle um, your speeds when they want to or throttle speeds based on uh, going to a specific website. And they're also um, kind of the inverse of that. They're also not allowed to um, let certain services like Netflix or Hulu pay for um, what is essentially a fast lane. And so basically if like Netflix wanted to pay Verizon to be faster than Hulu um, in order to gain a competitive advantage, they're now unable to do that. And so basically it's it's kind of a free and open internet for all and a level playing field for all uh, websites. Now, ISPs are still allowed to charge whatever they want to for access, just like a phone company is allowed to charge whatever they want to to you know, provide uh, their service. Um, but once you actually attain the service, your broadband connection is a broadband connection is a broadband connection. Just like if you got your telephone service through Bright House here in Orlando or AT&T in Atlanta, it's still just a, a telephone service. Exactly. And that's big, though. Like, the last Very. thing we want 
is to have these companies being able to, to pay what they want, exclude the consumer, exclude us from any decision making, mm-hmm. and then eventually screw us over. Like Comcast, I, I have huge issues with Comcast, even outside of this. <laughs> Verizon. Um, uh, I think I think you're the only one that has issues with Comcast, though. You're the only guy. Right, I'm I'm the only person <laughs> who has a personal vendetta against them, but um, unless they want to sponsor the show, and then yay Comcast. But um, <laughs> you run into Comcast ads all the time, all the time. Um, <laughs> but no, it's 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 dead serious. Like this is a big win for us, and it, it was something that's been fought for a long time. And um, I know it, it, it's weird that w- the people really got behind this and pushed this. To the point mm-hmm. where Republicans, Democrats could not, independents could not ignore it. And that was a big thing because there was so much funding in the government and there's so many issues that we talk about with the government that the Republicans at time took the narrative, depending on who was backing them, on, well, this is just more regulation. This is more regulation on top of regulation. And they're all about not having regulations. But at the same time, this helps the consumer. This this says, if I pay for 18 gigs a month, 18 gigabits connection a month, mm-hmm. because I choose to use Epics instead of Hulu or Epics instead of Netflix or um, any of the other ones, video streaming services, they can't slow that down for me right. because in order to force me to use Netflix. So it gives an open playing field for the big guys yeah. and the little guys. They, and they can't discriminate based on where the data is coming from. Basically you have to treat data like data, regardless of who's sending it, who's receiving it. It's all the same. Exactly. And that that's big for me. Um, because like there's a lot of people and especially going forward, there's a lot of people I haven't been able to do it yet, but a lot of people are cutting off their cable straight a up. Lot just people. saying, I'm going to get everything I need from a Roku box or from my Xbox one or from my PS PS uh, four. I'm mm-hmm. going to get it, get it from there. Or I'm going to get the, um, the raspberry box and get a, a open source media server and cutting off this $150, $200 a month bill for service. Because I mean, that's $152, $200 a month that I can put back in my pocket and do whatever the heck I want with it. Mm-hmm. And I can just pay for internet, which is going to cost me in the realm of like 50 bucks to mm-hmm. less 50 bucks or less and then still get the shows and the content I want. And right. that's big. Now, now I haven't cut off my cable for two reasons. Live sports and HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, HBO has quality programming that I, that I actually honestly believe in paying for. Like you ain't going to take my, my, Bill Maher and, and Game of Thrones for me. I'll, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, live sports. Like I'm, let's go ahead and put it out there. I'm an Eagles fan. Um, I, I'm gonna keep my red zone. I'm gonna keep my <laughs> sports package. Um, I'm gonna see my Sixers play. I'm gonna see Atlanta play for to to a point. Um, <laughs> We just ain't gonna talk about that. We we just ain't gonna talk about basketball right now because because I'm I'm mad at my my, my teams. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's the reason why I haven't cut off my cable. But I know a lot of people who, if live sports isn't a problem for them, they've cut it off. And they're like, mm-hmm. all right, I'll get my movies through Netflix. I'll get my TV through Hulu the next day or sometimes like later that night, 
Mm-hmm. It's all good for them. And then, like, HBO took a big step earlier this year and said, um, or, well, no, at the end of last year, the last quarter of last year, and said, we're going to put a service that you can just buy us apart Without from Without a cable else. subscription. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So... That's that's this is a big thing that allows and that so, to happen. And so with broadband being at the heart of all of that, it's uh, more important than ever that the the service providers are unable to compete based on artificial factors. Right. Like it would have been a whole lot easier for Verizon to compete if they could have just paid to make e, uh, HBO go faster on their service than it would have been on Comcast. But now if everybody is under the same it's not even restrictions, really. It's just everybody has to play by the same rules. Now that that happens, the only way that they can compete, really, is on two things. Price and performance. And both of those things are, are at the end of the day, better for the consumer. Exactly. And, like, if you pay for you should pay for, pay a fair price for the service that you're getting. Because, like, mm-hmm. I know way too many people who are paying for 50 megs, 100 megs, they're paying an astronomical amount for it and only getting 20 or 30. Right. Like that's ridiculous. And so they're going to switch service. And if you have those options now, I still have my, my, my issues where if there's only one service available in a certain area, that mm-hmm. still kind of pushes you into that service. But I believe down the road, we're going to be get to a place where there's going to be more competition. Like, right. Yeah. It's, 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 this is this definitely isn't a silver bullet. It honestly doesn't even fix any problems. It, it more so just prevents um, new problems from arising. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's still the issue of of how do we get access to rural areas um, so that like uh, students there can kind of uh, take advantage of being able to to have a world's worth of knowledge at their fingertips. There's still other issues that we have to solve. This just makes sure that. Um, fast lanes and throttling and blocking certain websites that that's not a problem that we have to deal with. Exactly. Which is wonderful. So, okay. So just two more little things we got to highlight in the tech news for this week. Um, one very happy one, very kind of sad. Um, and so we'll go, we'll go, we'll end on a high note. We'll end on a happy note. Um, but the first thing is is the the passing of a nerd icon of a hero for the tech community, a hero for the for the nerd community, for the the geek community, for the Star Trek community. Everybody knows this guy. Um, R.I.P. Recipes. <laughs> yes, Leonard Nimoy. He was the his most famous character was Spock on the original um, Star Trek. He. Spock was one of those characters that has really kind of he had a, a wide ranging influence that that people really didn't you couldn't always put a pinpoint in but you, it all kind of traced back to Spock because he was ultra logical and ultra um, cool in the fact that he, he, he thought about everything from a how is this going to affect everybody at the same mm-hmm. time what makes the most sense mm-hmm. taking emotion out of it um he had the cool vulcan death grip he could <laughs> kind of like touch you and read your mind and everything 
it was an awesome, like he was that original, well, not original, but he was one of the big standards in like, um, kind of like almost like an Android, which mm-hmm. led to the character of like data in the, in the next enterprise and other characters beyond all the way up to one of the biggest characters today uh, on television. Uh, Sheldon Cooper <laughs> from the big bang theory Bazinga. has always <laughs> exactly like he has always had that influence across generations and Spock was always that dude. And then even to the point where he made an appearance in the last, uh, when they rebooted the Star Trek franchise. Oh, was he? Yeah. Remember he, he came back as himself. I don't understand. Like I he came back that. as the older version of himself. Nice. So like he he stretched across generations, and it's sad to see him go. I heard he was I, I knew he was he was sick and in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. So we're happy that he's he's out of pain. But we all hold that near and dear to our hearts in the uh, tech nerd community and just the pop culture community. Everybody else, Spock. Everybody was always could do if you could do the V before Pharrell <laughs> did it with his hands in the Star Trek. That was Spock. Yeah. So he was damn near more, rest- or not more, but as influential as Kirk, in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. So rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy. Now the happy note that we're gonna we're gonna end the uh, our tech segment. Oh, on I see what you did there, is- Pharrell. Happy Star Trek. I see. I see where you're going with this. It's coming along. It's coming along. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is our friend Waz. Waz was one of the original creators of Apple. He was the brains behind the the situation, I would say, in, <laughs> in the original. Because <laughs> if, if you know, it was like the starters of Apple computers um, were Steve Jobs, um, Wozniak, and um, Bill Gates. Imagine that. Who branched off to form Microsoft. Just a little, Just a little company, you know. Yeah, just a little little company. I don't even, I don't even know if they're still, still making money or not. <laughs> I don't know, man. That that, that Windows Phone, man. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. No, that'll be a whole other episode. But uh, <laughs> Waz shout out has... to all my woes out there. Windows over everything. Of <laughs> um, Waz started in a uh, Cadillac commercial. Two Cadillac commercials actually um, that premiered during the Grammys. Or was it the Grammys or the Oscars? Oscars, the Oscars, right? yeah. The Oscars. It premiered during the Oscars. It is a Cadillac commercial about um, dreamers and 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 basically saying the people who want to do for the sake of doing because it makes them happy. And I really believe that that start that is a good theme, especially for our first episode. Um, not to get too sentimental or sappy. But we're we're doing this podcast because these are the things that we pay attention to and the things that we love. And we felt that our conversations would be entertaining to you all. So that's why I wanted to end with Waz and his Cadillac commercials and him talking about how much he's enjoyed creating computers for the sake of love of doing what you're doing. That's what's up. So, that's awesome. Yep. <laughs> that's definitely I feel where like, we are i so. feel inspired now i feel like i want to go create there you go that's that's the goal like we're here to inspire it affects on society 
really came about because, not because I was selfish and wanted one for myself, which I did, it's because I had had a passion my whole life. I wanted to teach myself to build computers. I wanted to build these things for free. I just wanted to do it for the world. And, you know, when you want something, that's what you do the best. Wise words from a wise man. That was the audio from Steve Wozniak's Cadillac commercial that we just discussed in the podcast. We thank you for listening to the first episode of Virtual Dopeness. And if you made it this far, we really want you to reach out to us. We are virtualdopeness.com, at virtualdopeness on Twitter, facebook.com slash virtualdopeness, virtualdopeness on SoundCloud, and soon coming to iTunes and Stitcher. We want to thank you again and remind you to be virtual and live dope.